Understanding trauma is the key to greater self-compassion, authentic relationships, and better outcomes for mental and physical health. But most importantly, understanding trauma is our best chance at reducing trauma and creating stronger and safer communities. When we start to better understand trauma, we can start to better understand not only our kids, but also ourselves. Hey, I'm Anna Beth. I'm a trauma recovery coach and a host of the Safe Haven Parenting Podcast. This episode is the second episode in my four-part Understanding Trauma series, where we're breaking down what trauma is, the different kinds of trauma, the effects of trauma on ourselves and our children, and what to do to support recovery when you've experienced it. Today, I'm going to touch on some of the most common types of trauma. Have you ever watched your child build a tower with blocks? And they're stacking the blocks, and it's getting taller and taller, and you can just see that this tower is going to come down. It's wobbly and there's not enough support. And sure enough, it gets tall enough and the whole thing crashes. Trauma is a little bit like that. Every time we live through an experience and our body has a traumatic response to it, it adds another building block into our internal system. And the more experiences we have, the more wobbly our internal system gets. But what do those individual building blocks look like? What actually constitutes as a traumatic event? Um, There's two kinds of trauma that is most common, and the first kind is environmental. So you see that in things like car accidents or pandemics, We're all feeling that one a little right now. But also natural disasters like hurricanes or tornadoes or earthquakes. Um, Having life-threatening health crises, cancer, autoimmune disorders, that all counts as environmental trauma, as well as systemic racism. The second category is relational, and that's probably what we'll spend most of our time talking about today because that's what most of us experience. Oftentimes, when we think about trauma and we think about those worst case scenario environments, we think about something that is really awful that happened in the news. You know, it made headlines. Or maybe it made this awesome thriller movie that we watched. And so we picture a traumatic event Involving typically a bad guy and an innocent person and somebody getting really hurt. But what happens when we do that is that we can't relate to those events. Because while they do happen, and that's definitely trauma, the average person doesn't always have a bad guy in their trauma scenario. And we distance ourselves from that worst case scenario because of course we don't relate to it but we could actually miss the after effects of trauma in our own life because we don't understand 
what trauma looks like in the day-to-day for the average person. So that's really what we're going to focus on today. So there's 10 types of trauma that fall into several subcategories, which are abuse, neglect, and household dysfunction. I'm starting with abuse today. And again, like with trauma, we often picture abuse as some worst case scenario. But abuse is also quite varied. It's not always visible or heard. And it doesn't always look violent. Nor does it always come with screaming. Abuse can hide in the ordinary and the mundane. It can look normal and it can even sound kind in its sneakiest forms. It's difficult to unravel because there are so many layers to abuse. And for many survivors, we can be so entrenched in it that we might not even have the words to identify what happened to us in a way that makes sense either to other people or to ourselves. And while I could do an entire series on abuse, I'm just kind of brushing it over today. So defining abuse here, abuse is a pattern of behavior that someone uses to maintain control of another person and the environment around them. There are several types of abuse. Physical is often the one we think of when we think of domestic violence, and it involves inflicting pain or restraining someone, controlling food, locking someone in or out, breaking things, either their own or around the house, as well as intimidation. The second kind is emotional Calling names, belittling and putting someone down, yelling and screaming, threats, humiliation, or dismissing them and their needs, dreams, and desires. Then there's sexual, which is anything that is non-consensual. That's forcing someone, unwanted touch, using sex as a bartering tool or using it to manipulate, not honoring preferences, inflicting unwanted pain, telling someone they have a right to their body because they are in a relationship or married, engaging in activities with someone under the influence who cannot give consent, or threatening or pressuring someone into it. The next is financial abuse, which is making someone who's making all the financial decisions for you not letting a partner have access to their own paycheck or shared account. Or sometimes you see it with stay-at-home moms where the person who works doesn't allow them to have access to any spending money for their needs. And it may involve something like monitoring their spending, requiring them to record every penny they ever spent, or belittling or judging or involving it with the emotional abuse over money spent. So maybe someone tried to buy themselves dinner and then the other person made them feel guilty or selfish or whatever because they ate food while they were out. That's all financial abuse. 
then there's psychological abuse. This one is really tricky to pinpoint and really difficult to um, explain in a way that makes sense. It's a crazy making aspect of abuse and it involves gaslighting or playing mind games, manipulating them, telling them it's all in their head. The other one is spiritual abuse, which is using a belief system to dismiss someone's point of view, their sexuality, gender, or ethnicity, to establish someone as more important than someone else, to instill fear, and to shame, belittle, control, dismiss, or force into a desired behavior. So it's important to note when we discuss abuse that those scenarios, they can take place in any relationship. It's not just between two romantic partners or between a parent and a child. It can also between be between people in a workforce or work environment. It can happen within a school setting, uh, within roommates or housemates. Anywhere that there might be an relationship with someone, there can be an abusive relationship. And a lot of those types of abuse have crossover. It's super rare to only have one type of abuse. They're usually intertwined. When it comes to abuse, again, what you're looking for is any pattern of behavior that removes your ability to speak what you feel or need and it removes your ability to choose for yourself or be yourself. The common element is someone using their power and trying to control another human being. Each of these types of abuse could have an entire series on them, and each of them count as trauma. Even if the person who is doing the abuse meant well. Even if they meant to cause harm. Abuse can come from both ends of that spectrum. Like with trauma, there isn't always a worst case scenario. Sometimes it's just repeated patterns of behavior that were learned. But in a healthy relationship, you get to voice an opinion and you get to be who you are without fear of retribution. The second category overall in trauma is neglect, which I define as patterns of behavior that dismiss the needs of another person. So there's two types of neglect. The first is physical, and this often actually intertwines with environmental trauma like poverty, but it's a failure to provide for needs like clothing or food or shelter or access to proper medical care. Uh, and that one can be tricky because it's intertwined with environmental sometimes. So it might not be a person's choice to withhold those things. And it's still trauma to not have access to them. It can be intentional, absolutely. But it, it's kind of a, a mixed bag on whether or not it's there because of environmental trauma or it's there because a person is withholding that as a form of neglect. The second type of neglect is emotional. 
And this is not meeting the emotional needs of another person. And I don't mean that it's our responsibility to make sure the other person in our life is always happy or that their needs are always met. But what I do mean by this is that when we dismiss what someone is feeling, what we are feeling is dismissed. When we're told that we need to grow up because we feel a certain way or to stop being dramatic, that's all a form of emotional neglect. It can also be someone who doesn't, isn't willing to engage with us when we're struggling. That's a form of emotional neglect. For children, it often sounds like big girls don't cry, boys don't cry, you're fine. You know, um, sometimes kids often get called names when they're expressing emotions, even when it's a normal thing for humans to do. And that's a form of emotional neglect. It's anything that gets expressed within a relationship that you're not allowed to feel anything but happy and okay. In our life, like as humans, we need empathy and we need compassion and understanding within the community around us. And I don't mean that as a community as a whole, but within our friend groups, our family groups, our intimate partner relationships. And when we don't have access to that empathy and compassion, our body processes that as trauma. Because emotional neglect is emotional isolation, and isolation is traumatic. The final category is household dysfunction, which are things that interrupt normal patterns of basic human needs, like adequate shelter, food, (laughs) need for safety and security. And these are things that happen within the household, either you, a partner, or a parent, have a mental illness, one of them, you know, you partner or parent was incarcerated, someone in the home was being treated violently, there was substance abuse in the home, a divorce, having a family member attempt suicide, and a loss of a family member. These are all traumatic instances. And finally, um, the last category I'm going to touch on again is racism. And Racism consists of every single one of these categories. It's both environmental and it's relational. It's abusive. It neglects. It denies a person of basic human rights and easy access to safety, not just in their home, but also in their community. And it disrupts patterns of basic human needs. This is by no means an exhaustive list. I just wanted to highlight the themes and really just emphasize that trauma is not some scene out of some Hollywood movie, but actually way more common and a part of our everyday life for a large majority of people. The more we understand trauma, the more we can prevent it. All of these things, they are actually preventable. In a large study done in the 1990s on childhood trauma, which is called the ACEs study, 
Um, that stands for adverse childhood experiences. We learned from that that 61% of people experienced at least one traumatic event by the age of 17. And of that, one in six had experienced more than four. ACEs is one of the leading health crises in North America. So if you remember when I started this episode, I talked a little bit about those building blocks and the more experiences we have, the more wobbly our system gets. This is where this comes into play. Trauma is directly linked to chronic health disorders and autoimmune disorders. It's linked to mental health disorders, heart health, longevity, and overall well-being. It's costing us hundreds of billions of dollars each and every year. And ACEs is the leading cause of death from cancer, heart disease, and suicide. The next episode, we're going to get a little bit more into the after effects of trauma and what that looks like and why that is. But this is just the overview today of the different types of trauma that are most common. When we can simplify trauma, we can demystify trauma, and we can start being more compassionate with ourselves and with others, and we can get help sooner, and it doesn't have to feel so hard to accept when we understand that most of us at one point or another will experience a traumatic event in their life. It's just part of being human. If you liked this episode, I would love it if you would subscribe and be one of the first notified when the next episode drops. I'm so excited to launch this series and really get into the heart of trauma and trauma recovery and how best to support our families. I'm so glad you tuned in today. All the best.